Lull. Welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Justice League. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we talk about games. But also movies. Specifically, nerdy, big movies like Justice League that just came out. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, um, so before we get into spoilers, we do a whole spoiler warning. Uh... Why don't, why don't we give our kind of uh, our reviews in in a word? I would say that it's uh, that it's a pinnacle of mediocrity. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and that's that's my view on it. Uh, you know, I, I I actually typed this out earlier today. I gave like a one sentence review somewhere. I want to see if I can find it. Yeah. So my one sentence for Justice League is like it's a good time at the movies, worth a worth a watch in the theater, but you can probably watch it once and then move on with your life without ever seeing it again. I okay. Think. Um, and I kind of want to put this into relief because uh, a friend of the cast and uh, social media manager uh, Zhao. Uh, has asked me in the chat um, if he should go either watch Justice League or go to a friend's place and watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. And uh, in this case, I've come down on the side of 10 Cloverfield Lane. How do you feel about this? I don't know. I've never seen 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, did you see 10 Cloverfield Lane? Uh, yes, I oh, did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard that it was very good, but I, I didn't actually end up. I, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, um, on the presumption that Ten Cloverfield Lane was good, would you? Would you? What, what would you say? I mean, Ten Cloverfield Lane is definitely better, um, probably than you know, insofar as what I've heard. Um, uh, but I do think that Justice League is going to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Justice League is something that I'd want to skip in the theater because I think it works much better on the theater than 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 at home. I guess. That makes sense. Um, and so, like, if it was me, I would definitely be like, you know, like, I want to, I want to hit this on the big screen, um, because, and there are many movies that are like this. Unlike those kinds of, like, these kinds of movies that look good on like a laptop or a cell phone screen, I think this one would just kind of uh, fall apart a little bit. I, um, I, I, I feel that. Would you recommend giving this movie a, a skip overall? No, no, I don't think okay. so. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I also think that, um, uh, you know, like, let's say you're a person that goes to see... It, it, it kind of depends on how, like, stringent right. you want to be, right? Like like I said, if you're the kind of person who only sees one movie this, this month, it should probably be Thor Ragnarok, right? Like, Thor Ragnarok is much better. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, like, if Star Wars sucks next month, maybe you could pick it up in, like, you're a once-a-month once moviegoer and you go in December. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It is very, it's very marginal. It's very on the, you know, like, on the line. <laughs> like, the best part of the movie, and this is a little bit of a spoiler in the sense of I'm telling you what's good, but the best part of the movie is the after credit scene. <laughs> like, uh, so. Yep. Well, and with that word. Uh, let's uh, get into spoiler territory. Spoiler warning. Spoilers. Uh, Justice League. Um, and probably Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel. If I know how these conversations go, will I be think spoiled. You do know how these conversations go. <laughs> uh, will be will be spoiled from uh, this moment out. Um, if you do not want to hear spoilers for the movie, or if you want like to watch the movie before you listen to this discussion, um, stop it here, uh, right now. Uh, and uh, go watch the movie, and then come back and listen to us. Uh, listen to our genius. Um, but that's that's your warning. Five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers. All right. So, 
uh, right off the bat, um, what did what? Hmm. I just wanted to say that, like, jumping into this, like, the the biggest thing that struck me is because that they had undercut uh, Superman's death at the end of BVS, like, because there was that vibrating dirt on the ground. I forgot that he was dead. Um, and like the whole opening of this movie, like the, the, the first like five, 10 minutes of this movie is them being like, Oh, Superman's dead. And it, to me, at least it was like, all right, we know he's coming back. It's very obvious. He's coming back. You really have to draw out this. He's dead thing. Cause nobody thinks he's going to stay dead for the rest of the so, movie. Yeah, so I, you and I have argued about this before, but, uh, but my perspective on this is that that is a fundamentally good thing. In fact, it's actually like one of the better ways to handle like characters dying and being resurrected. What bothers me is a situation where um what what but what bothers me is a situation where they tell you he's dead and then it's like uh like it's a surprise that he comes back later. I like as like as an audience member. I like being clued in. I like being treated as like not an idiot, right? And so I like at the end of BBS where they have the thing with the dirt to show you that you know like okay, you the audience knows that Superman is coming back, right? But we're going to but the characters don't know that, right? And so the characters are making decisions and working through the world in a world without Superman. So I don't think that they, I don't think that there's an intention that the movie is trying to dupe you into thinking that Superman's not coming back. Do, do you know what I mean? So, so if just for the sake of argument, I, I, I take your point as valid that it's a good thing to clue people in. Um, I still think that that, I, I think for those same reasons where you're respecting the listener or the viewer, rather the way you respect the reviewer is not by like showing them 10 scenes of people mourning, on on the screen because you the viewer know that he's coming back right like i i don't mind the characters making decisions based on him being dead what i mind is like shots of like a city in mourning for like five minutes if yeah, that makes... i mean I, I i guess i get where you're coming from i think that it's important to kind of like root the world in that fact um uh, but I also think that they, you know, like that they handled this at the end of BBS. Like BBS ends on, you know, like the two Superman funerals, right? The su- funeral yeah. for Superman, the funeral for Clark Kent, sort of thing. Um, I don't know, you know. So uh, that I don't, like that. That's the thing that uh, that always worked for me because I like I like it when um, this is something that happens in comic books all the time. Okay, so like for instance, um, there's a mo- there's a while where like Batman was dead. At the end of the crossover series, Final Crisis, Batman gets hit by Dark Side's like crazy fucking beams that it's complicated. But it, it, to all intents and purposes, Batman is dead, right? But um, they show you at the end, like in a tiny post credit stinger sort of thing, but for a comic book. Uh, that Batman is still alive. He's just like transported like into into the past, um, essentially. And so what ends up happening is the DC universe goes on, and you know it's like, well, there needs to be a Batman. Okay, well, Dick Grayson's going to be the new Batman, you know. And now Dick Grayson and Damian are Batman and Robin, sort of thing. You know what I mean? And then they kind of like go along with that. Versus something that Marvel did, uh, which was they killed Captain America at the end of Civil War. Right? Captain America dies in uh, Captain America number twenty five. Um, I think it's like the same week that Civil War 7 comes out, puts an end to the Civil War storyline sort of thing. Um, Ed Brubaker, who is the, who is the writer is like, yep, he's dead. Fucking Bucky is now Captain America. And for the next two ish years, 
Bucky's Captain America, and then all of a sudden they announce like Steve Rogers, the fucking return or whatever, and Ed Brubaker is like, yes, it was the plan all along to bring Steve Rogers back, and that kind of thing fucking drives me nuts because I'm like, then why did you lie about it two years ago? You know what I mean? Like, just tell me. It's we. This is comics. If somebody's gonna die and come back, just tell me that if you know at the time. So it's a little bit of like it's a little bit of like rooted in my history with comics. I feel like that I have this kind of like perspective on it. No, I, I again, I, I definitely, I can I can understand that viewpoint. Um, I I just feel kind of like. You know, showing us a bunch of a bunch of scenes of, of of the city in mourning is the equivalent of like, yeah, he's definitely never coming back. Um, even even though kind of at the service level, we, we we know that that's not true. But but, but I feel oh, see, your point. see from my perspective, that is like them going. This is what the world looks like when Superman dies. Yeah. You know I what know. I mean? Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe it's kind of fundamentally. I didn't buy that, like, the world was so steeped in despair now that Superman had died. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I feel kind of like, at some level, the, one of the, like, the cardinal sins of this movie um, felt like that, like, nobody matters besides Superman at all. Um, and, like, I, I feel like the Justice League part was trying to under, like, trying to, like, make that not true. Like, the world feels like Superman's the only person that matters, but now with the Justice League... You know everything's everything's gonna be okay anyway. Like we, we can persevere regardless. But then like the end of the movie feels like a very much a Superman ex machina, right? Like he he comes in and solves all the problems that everybody else was struggling to solve, and uh, turns out we do actually need Superman to solve all our problems. So fuck everybody else. Yeah, I mean this is kind of one of the things that frustrates me uh, about. I mean, so to, just to kind of like top down this for a second, um, I I like Justice League. I like Justice League more than I think it's 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 good, right? Uh, and Justice League really works for me because I really enjoy, you know, Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, and Batman vs Superman, right? Like one of the things that Justice League has going for it for a person like me is that I already have these um, like I, I buy these emotional connections between Superman and Batman because the Martha moment worked for me, right? Or you know um, the relationship between Lois Lane and Clark works for me because I've bought it in the previous movies. And so, like, there's a lot of stuff in Justice League that I'm sure if you are if you weren't a fan of Man of Steel and BBS, you would look at this and kind of go like, eh? You know what I mean? Um, but, like, for someone like me who does buy into that kind of thing, who, like, who has that foundation, right, it, 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 it works. Um, but you don't need to fear that Justice League will supplant BBS as my, like, new thing. Uh, I actually think BVS is better, specifically the Ultimate Cut. Um, I think BVS is better than Justice League. Um, and th what you're describing is one of the big like letdowns I have about it. Like One of the things that, that, that's great about the final fight in, um, in Batman vs. Superman is that for, like, for, they spend a clear... They have like, kind of like a clear game plan with what happens with Doomsday, right? The first thing that happens with Doomsday it's doomsday and superman fight superman tries to solve the problem he's not good enough right the humans try and solve the problem by nuking doomsday not good enough batman and wonder woman individually face off against doomsday both of them get wrecked right it's only when batman wonder woman and superman team up and work together right um where batman shoots shoots him with like the fucking kryptonite gas 
Wonder Woman is uh, restraining him with the lasso and Superman stabs him with the kryptonite spear that they're able to kill Doomsday. And I think that from like an action scene standpoint, that progression is really good and really well done. And that kind of thing, that kind of thing was really missing from the end of Justice League. Uh, also because Steppenwolf is kind of lame. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. I actually agree with you. Um, I actually think I'd agree with you that BVS is a better movie. Um, just because, like, wow. I'd, I'd wow. say, I'd say, wow. yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd say, in kind of like a numerical scale, I think they're about even. But uh, this is the thing that you like to talk about, and I'm slowly buying more as as I do this this fucking podcast with you. But um, <laughs> like, yes. uh, BVS seems like a movie that tried to be a masterpiece and failed, whereas like. Justice League felt like it was very content to wallow in mediocrity. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Um, and, like, I like, I don't think I have problems buying the, the connections between the characters, but I do have problems, like, with the characters kind of fundamentally. Like, like you were saying, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, n- not a lot of, like, teamwork that happens in this movie. There's, like, a little bit of it, but it's, like, there's a little bit of teamwork, and then Superman comes in and solves the problem, right? Like, that was basically what was happening with the Steppenwolf fight scene, right? Like, Steppenwolf's quality mm-hmm. as a villain aside, right? Like, they are fighting, and they were kind of, like, doing the combo thing. And then, like, literally, like, things look bad, and Superman's like, ha-ha, I've got this, and punches Steppenwolf into the ground. And it's like, oh, no, civilians. And then go helps Barry Allen, and it's as fast as fucking the Flash, which is a thing I'll address later. Um, and, saves civilians, and then comes back and finishes off Steppenwolf basically all by himself. Um, like, the only person that I felt really needed to be there besides Superman was uh, Cyborg, and that's only because you needed, like, Tech Man to to, to science words the, the, the cube apart. Yeah, uh, I will say that the moment where Superman uses his freezing breath so that Wonder Woman can, like, break the axe and then, like, Aquaman... Like, there's a, a flash of it yeah. in the middle there where they kind of work together. I actually really love... I have to say, I really love Steppenwolf's axe. And I think I actually would be very... Well, I'll talk... We'll talk about Steppenwolf later or whatever. But, um, but like, so there's, like, there's, like, small moments of that. I also, like, you know... Uh, that Superman and the Flash go and deal with, like, these civilians or whatever. Um, I thought that that, you know, like, I I, I like these kind of mid-fight coordination sort of things. Um, Though I thought it was weird that they weren't coming from Batman or Diana, because that seemed to be where they wanted to come from. But, like, you know, a version of things where, where Wonder Woman is, like, Superman and Flash go evacuate the civilians. The rest of us will hold off Steppenwolf. You know what I mean? Like, Batman will cover, you know, will cover Cyborg. You know, where they actually kind of, like, put a plan in place and then execute on that plan. I think that that's what they really want to... That's what yeah. they really want to accomplish, but but didn't. And uh, and it sucks that they didn't. The whole back half of the movie really falls apart for me because there's, like, a lack of that kind of thing. Um, so, so something else they kind of want to uh, uh, touch on, because I, I think this is also part of why the movie falls apart, Um is it feels like they really tried to Marvelify this movie. Yeah, uh, that is the other thing that's just like, ah, uh, well, I guess I can't love you as much as I want to, Justice League. Yeah, like, um, like I think I loved Barry Allen. I loved the Flash in this movie. Um, I feel like uh, he was a little bit too much, like, spurgy weirdo rather than, like, actual kind of, like, witty dude, which is my traditional vision of the Flash. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. And I think putting the jokes on him is fine. I think putting some of the jokes on Aquaman is also fine. Um, but like 
having Cyborg and Superman and Bruce fucking Wayne cracking jokes is like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? This is not the tone I expect or want out of any of those characters. Oh, see, interestingly, I I, I, get, I definitely get that, but to me, this is kind of more in line with like the way that uh, like the like the way that there was humor in Doctor Strange, let's say, versus the way that there's humor in. Um, you know, like in Thor Ragnarok, right? In Thor Ragnarok, everybody does jokey jokes kind of thing. Um, and they're also a little bit like untethered jokes. Like the jokes don't feel specific to characters a lot of the time. They're just kind of jokes that anybody could have done, if that makes sense. Like you can sub out Loki for Thor for a bunch of Thor's jokes and they'd still work. They're not they're not unique to Thor. But one of the things I did like about Justice League when it comes to this stuff is that the jokes did feel unique to the characters. Like the way that Aquaman made jokes was different than the way superman or batman would make jokes um i definitely get that though and i think that there was kind of a little bit too much of it uh so much that you almost got into like um you know you almost got into that 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 territory where you know i mean the stakes were pretty bad in this movie overall which is probably another reason why i'm not like super hyped for it um where like the jokes are coming kind of so quickly that like it just ruins the, the it ruins the drama um and then it that that drama just doesn't work anymore. It kind of feels like, um, and there, and I do want to say that there are, are some jokes that I like a lot. Like for instance, the Aquaman thing where he has the, where he has the lasso, man, that's like, I love that joke. I thought that was so great. Um, because it really comes from like the source of him. It's, it really comes from like the real, the real deal, him as a character stuff. Right? It's not just kind of like words on a script that will get a laugh line, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and, and I think there are some jokes that definitely landed, right? Like Wonder Woman walking into the Batcave and Bruce being like, you know, I spent a lot of money on the security system. I think that works. Um, yeah, yeah. But there are other moments, like, honestly, like, basically because Trevor Stone was so kind of, like, solemn um, through the whole movie... The moment where him and Superman get knocked over by separating the uh, the the mother boxes. Or oh whatever. God, I know. Yeah, yeah that was like, the worst. Like, those it was just like, oh, really, guys. Um, I don't know. Um, but like I said, I thought I I loved the Flash. I thought he was great. Um, yeah. so much so that I'd consider going watching the TV show that I never saw. Um. Uh, but it's a, it's a different Flash, right? It's not the Flash from the TV show. It is not the Flash from the... I mean, they're, they're both playing Barry Allen. Though I will say, by the way, that Barry Allen is typically not this jokey. Um, Barry Allen, uh, like, in in comics... So Barry Allen dies in 1986, uh, and then he's dead for 20-plus years. Um, and then he only come, kind of comes back later uh, in, in, like, a mid-2000s, maybe it was, like, 2010-ish area, and so, he, like, he comes back and he's the Flash now. But Barry Allen is actually typically more of a straight man to Hal Jordan because they're best friends. Okay. And and Hal Jordan is pretty jokey, you know what I mean? And so they kind of have, like, a like a, like a a jokes and straight man sort of thing going on. But I think without a Green Lantern, they had to, they had to like, land the joke somewhere, and it makes sense to put it on. Uh, it, it makes sense to put it on the Flash because Wally West who took over for Barry Allen for those 20 years, he is really, really jokey. Okay. Um, that's so probably kind of a my, merging of those characters a lot. That's probably what, I, what, what my perception of the Flash is from. Is from well, is Barry Allen the original Flash? Uh, Barry Allen, so, well, technically the original original Flash is Jay Garrick, but 
for most of comics, right, from the 50s to the 80s, it was Barry Allen. Uh, Wally West was his sidekick, Kid Flash, who then graduated to become the actual Flash. But, like, for instance, in the Justice League cartoon, that's Wally West. That's not Barry okay. Allen. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, is Hal Jordan the which, – which, which Green Lantern is the Green Lantern with the wood weakness? Uh, that is Alan Scott. That's the very first Green okay. Lantern. Basically, what happened is in like so in in the in the late thirties, early forties, all of these superheroes comes about because Superman is it's hugely popular. But then in the fifties, um, comics gravitates much more to like sci-fi and like horror and stuff like that. Uh, but then they round back into superheroes in the late fifties, and what they did was they took all of these characters from the thirties. And made new versions of them, right? So that's how you have Alan Scott, who is the original Green Lantern, and he's, you know, like magic or whatever. And then you have Hal Jordan, who is space cop Green Lantern, right? Right. Um, Jay Garrick, I guess Jay Garrick does like a thing where he like, he just like drinks a serum and becomes fast. Barry Allen gets struck by lightning sort of thing. So this is kind of how you have these like legacy characters who is like, well, here's the, they're typically decided like the Justice Society of America are all the old timers. Um, and then the Justice League are all of the like okay. the, the rebooted versions. Yeah, I, I've got a uh, my my local library had collections of like some of like like uh, like they were reprints of the the very first uh, old comics, and I read some of them. So that, that's where a lot of my uh, my perception of uh, or uh, of like the original versions of the characters come from, which was oh wow, um, I believe the the Wood Weakness uh, yeah yeah uh, Green Lantern and whatnot. Um, although I do remember reading a comic that was like. It was a yellow weakness Green Lantern where, like, the the thing was, That's like... That's how Jordan, yeah. Okay, th there was, like, a... Uh, it was a spaceship. It was, like, a missile that was yellow, but, like, it was translucent, and they had, the, the villain had put, like, a red light inside of it. And, like, he's like, ha-ha, I've tricked you, Green Lantern. Uh, and I forget how he solved it, but I was like, oh, that, that, that seems like a very Thad-era level of villainy. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's something that eventually got explained a lot later in Green Lantern Rebirth, uh, which is actually written by, like, the current, like, head of DC Films, Jeff Johns, uh, whose fingerprints you can see in certain aspects of these movies. Like, for instance, the thing at the end of Wonder Woman, where Wonder Woman is confronted with, um, you know, like, humanity's huge capacity for evil but also its capacity for good and she chooses to believe in humanity and specifically in the term like she uses the term love right, right. that is quintessential uh jeff johns like Je Je jeff johns sees wonder woman that way um and for instance the uh, the, the version of aquaman that we got in justice league right where he is not the king of atlantis right uh, and that bit where he kind of like has the lasso of truce and he's like, you know, I'm caught between uh, the sea and the land, but I've never really felt at home in either place. Like this is the this is Jeff Johns version of of Aquaman, which is very much kind of about being like an outsider laden with responsibility you didn't ask for kind of thing. Um, so like you can see his fingerprints in in places, but I definitely do think that a lot of the movie, to be honest with you, I think a lot of the movie got ruined by kind of course correction. And I feel like if they had stuck to their guns a little bit more rather than kind of like shying away um, from the BVS of it all, uh, the movie would have been much better. Like for instance, I think that Superman coming back and fighting the Justice League, I think that was supposed to be a much more tense and dramatic scene, but it really got underplayed and kind of passed through because i don't think that they wanted to dwell on like quote-unquote evil yeah, superman yeah I, I i felt like i was actually like 
because the reviews had come out and said that they didn't do anything with it, I guess, like, I was kind of like, I guess they won't do this, but I was kind of expecting, like, uh, a, a heel turn at some point, like, a full heel turn, like, his temper tantrum was so nothing, and I don't, like, like, that's what it felt like. Like, I was expecting the end of this movie for, like, Batman, or for Superman to be like, yes, and now that I've solved all the problems, I'm going to subjugate you all, and it was going, you know, I, I, I was expecting to kind of go in kind oh, of wow. like a, like, um, almost like an injustice direction uh, uh, for from that, because I, other, I, I felt... The way it ended, it felt like that that temper tantrum was so nothing. I was expecting them to build that into something. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, so. Here's here's my kind of fan theory, um, and uh, this is a little bit of like the you know fucking Logan is about old Yeller sort of thing that I that I talked about before. But what I think was supposed to happen is by using the mother box to bring Superman back to life, that would have created a connection between Superman and Darkseid. Um, who I think was supposed to be much more of a presence. Like, I know that they CGI'd out Darkseid, um, but that they, that he got cut from the movie. Uh, and so what I bet would have happened was Superman gets resurrected with the Mother Box, but Darkseid uses the Mother Box in order to take control of Superman, and then the Justice League have to, like, fight to subdue Superman. And then you have the thing with... with um, the Flash's flashback to BVS where he goes and he tells Bruce, Bruce that it's Lois Lane, right? And then Bruce goes and gets Lois Lane and that snaps him out of it kind of a thing, right? Like, they had done the setup for this, but I think that they just, they re, you know, the, the reception to BVS was just so negative that they were like, we don't want to touch any of the stuff that we had previously set up. And so they kind of, uh, they kind of just abandoned, abandoned ship a little bit. Yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. Which sucks because, you know, I, I like I understand why they did that. I mean, even as a huge fan of BBS, I understand that, you know, uh, it's something that was like it, it's something that's seen in the pop culture as like a huge mistake. And so I understand why you would want to kind of like back away from it. Um, but I do think that the movie would have been better if they had stuck to their guns uh, and, and kind of followed through on like evil Superman being like a real threat to the team. Yeah. Um, and, and, and by the same token, I think you could it would have been a better movie if they just didn't have that conflict there in the first place, right? Like, I don't think you need Batman fighting, or not Batman, Superman fighting the rest of the the Justice League um, to, like, to make that, like, meaningful, um, right? Like, like you, 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 can, you can get rid of what was ultimately a distraction uh, and still have Superman come back and, and have the movie be more coherent as a result. So I also think that this is a context sort of thing um, where um, uh, you have – so here's what, I, here's what I think really should happen, right? You have the tunnel scene where everybody faces off against Steppenwolf. Um, if Steppenwolf is more of a threat and really kicks the shit out of the team there, right, I think that's the impetus for the team to go, we can't – we're not enough, right? We faced off against this guy. We gave him everything we got. And we still came up short. So now we have to go into this crazy plan to resurrect Superman, right? Superman's the only person that can 1v1 Steppenwolf uh, or allow us to 6v1 Steppenwolf successfully kind of thing, right? Um, then you do the resurrection of Superman, um, and but it doesn't go according to plan. Superman's now fighting the whole team. Now it looks like the team's going to get wrecked by fucking Superman. And then you have kind of like the last minute like Hail Mary play of getting Lois Lane, which causes Superman to grab Lois, fly away, and then they're like, holy shit, we fucking, now we have to fight Steppenwolf without Superman, and there's an evil Superman somewhere else, right? They have no idea that Superman's going to like kind of turn around or anything like that. Then they go off to fight Steppenwolf, fucking same shit, 
getting wrecked parademons everywhere steppenwolf is more powerful than ever because he's so close to achieving this unity with like the mother boxes or whatever dark side is doing crazy shit from apocalypse maybe who cares kind of thing and then boom cavalry comes superman has gotten his head back on his shoulders and helps the team you know like save the day i think that's the perfect that's what they want and all of the pieces are there to accomplish that they're just kind of like undersold in the moment um they're just undersold in the moment, I guess. There's really no other way to no other way to No, put that. The, and, and I, I totally get that. Um I'm just saying that like another way that you can make this movie better is, you know, maybe it's not as good as that ideal that you've laid out, but if you're not going to have the kind of evil uh, Superman be that impactful, then you just cut it entirely from the movie. And I still think that's a better movie. Maybe not ideal, but it's still a better movie than what we got. Yeah, I actually think that that's definitely true. I think that if they had just resurrected Superman and he went to, like, the monument uh, with all, of, like, the people that had died and he just turns around and he kind of has, like, a pretty frank conversation about being dead and what have I missed and all this other kind of stuff, um, I think that that would have worked really well, too. Yeah. I was also... Fr you know, frankly, I was kind of disappointed by the contingency. Like, I get that, like, it being Lois Lane is kind of, like, all sappy-dappy and whatever but i was really hoping it would be like a, a real like batman plan like you know like like the things that i have heard about the comments like batman always has a plan it's like he's got right. like the kryptonite ring or whatever i'm like oh boy what what nonsense has has batman thought up of now um but, and you know I, I i get that like it's like oh you think i wasn't listening when i heard when you said that uh, you know the heart or whatever um i get that it just felt it just it didn't feel um as as validating also kind of like i don't know the excuse that, like, oh, like, and then never, nobody was paying attention, and Steppenwolf just kind of, like, took the mother box. Uh, that, that, that also felt kind of, uh, at to me. Yeah. Um, uh, something I kind of wanted to touch on, because this kind of, this pulls into, or this came into view in the Superman Fight the Justice League scene, is, um, I was kind of upset that Superman is as fast as the Flash. Um, and let me kind of lay this this case out for you, is that um, Superman being the best at everything, um, or being the best kind of like all-arounder, is okay with me, but I kind of think that that means for me that I want the people who are very good at things to be better than Superman at those particular things, right? Like, I want, like, it's okay for Superman to be fast enough to be able to interact with Barry on his, or Flash on his level, but I do want ultimately for Barry Allen to be the faster character, um, because that means that that's something that makes him special that Superman doesn't encompass. Similarly, right, like, um, like, Batman has this kind of, like, crazy preparedness, whatever, um, and, like, uh, at some level, like, Cyborg has his, like, uh, has his cybernetics, you know, science stuff, and Aquaman has his mastery of the water domain, um, but at some level, uh, like, and this really comes into stark relief with the Flash, because, like, all the flash really has is his speed and when superman can match him and then also be better than him and other things i feel like it really undercuts flash as a character um so yeah traditionally um uh the the flash is definitely faster than superman right for instance there's a moment in the comics uh in flash rebirth where flash comes back to life and he's running away from everyone but he's so fast that nobody can catch up to him where superman does catch up to him and it's kind of like, because Barry's like having like a fucking like crisis or whatever, he's like, hey man, like come hang out with us, we're your friends, right? You can trust us kind of thing. 
Um, and then Flash is like, no. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to catch you and bring you in. Um, and then, uh, and then the Flash is like, Clark, you know, I'm faster than you. And then, uh, and then Superman is like, hey man, I won some of those races, you know, we had, and then the Flash goes like, those were for charity. And he like takes off and, um, uh, it just like completely wrecks Superman in terms of speed or whatever. The thing is, is that like, so the speed force that Barry mentions, the speed force is technically attainable when you can run faster than light speed, right? According to like comics lore. Um, and Superman cannot, he's very fast, right? But he cannot run faster than light speed. So he can't access the speed force and he is definitionally slower than uh, than the Flash. Superman is actually um, worse than plenty of members of the Justice League in the comics. And this is a Jeff Johns era thing, which is why I'm kind of surprised it didn't make it into the movie. Like, for instance, Wonder Woman is... 1v1, Wonder Woman beats Superman, according to Jeff Johns. Um, this is because, like, from a strength and durability standpoint, they're evenly matched. Um, but Wonder Woman has, like, the kind of Amazon warrior training that Clark really doesn't. Like, at the end of the day... Clark really relies on his, um, uh, on his, like, super strength to beat the problem, but he doesn't know fucking, like, jujitsu or right. whatever. But, like, Wonder Woman is, like, a trained warrior who knows these kinds of things. And so, like, because the two of them are equal, but she has this advantage, like, um, they, like she, can, she can trounce him sort of thing. Um, and so I am surprised a little bit that that, that kind of stuff didn't, uh, didn't make it, uh, didn't make it into the movie. I'm also surprised that Aquaman's talking to fish power never made it into the movie, uh, either. Uh, a lot of the time, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's such a, it's such a big part of him as a character that I'm so, surprised so that, that they left it out. Um, um, the, not to interrupt you, but like, that was an example of, of a joke that I thought was bad. Was, was Bruce being like, yeah, you, you can talk to fish or whatever, like, in that kind of, like, jokey way? Like, like that screams to me a thing where, like, like you know, Aquaman's like, you know, it's, you know, the water talks to them. And Bruce is like, yes, I know. And, like, he, like, has, like, a waveform on his computer that shows, like, it, like, like explaining the science behind it. Like, that seems more of a Superman thing than, or rather a Batman thing than, you know, like, oh, can you actually talk to fish? <laughs> um... Which, you know, the other thing that popped out at me as being annoying, or as being very marvelly and not being particularly Batman. Also, I don't know what, like, that, that water thing is very weird. That is not, like, Aquaman talks to fish, he's telepathic, right? He But he's, he's only telepathic for, like, this kind of, like, this kind of organism or whatever. Um, there are moments in the comics where he uses his telepathy with people. Um, in various ways, like he can shut down, like um, you know, there's like there's like a moment when he's like fighting like bank robbers or somebody stupid or whatever, but like he accesses like essentially the fish part of someone's brain yeah, yeah, that and like shuts it, you know, exactly right, like that kind of thing. So uh, the wa that water thing was also very weird. Also, it seems very weird that he was able to control the water when it came into the tunnel. That's not typically uh, an Aquaman superpower. Um, like the, Mira the has that superpower, but. Who who is Mira? His wife. Okay. Um, you know she was the one doing like the like the bubbles and and stuff, and then she had they had that conversation okay. where she's like, "I was Queen Atlanta's like bodyguard or whatever." Um, okay. So so this is actually a, this is actually a question that I was discussing with a uh, friend of the cash Judy afterwards. Is is uh, that's that like that water control thing that that's that's special to that character? Um, it is special to. Um, 
uh, it's special to her. Okay, so um, in uh, the Aquaman in the Aquaman comics, there's seven different like. So there's the he, they're king of he's king of the seven seas, kind of like like being king of like seven states almost, right? Like there's Atlantis, but there's also Triton and like other like other cities. Um, one of them, uh, and 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 then they made like this pocket dimension um, for outcasts, right? So like if you were found guilty of a crime, they would banish you to this pocket dimension. This pocket dimension is the Bermuda Triangle, essentially. Okay. Uh, this is called Zebel. Uh, Zebel creates uh, like an eighth kingdom. Excuse me, creates an eighth kingdom, and the and the daughter of the king of Zebel is Mira, right? And he sends her to go fight Aquaman uh, and kill him, to go, like, assassinate Aquaman. But he kind of does, like, the Mara Jade thing um, right. where, you know, they, they get together. Um, and uh, But people native to that dimension, that Zebel, that kind of pocket dimension prison thing, have the water-controlling power. It's not something that, like, all Atlanteans have. Okay. Um, uh, I think they might not do all... That is admittedly weird, and they might not do that for this universe. Um, specifically, what tends to happen is that, like, like so Atlantis is also the center of magic in the DC universe, right? Like, it's, like, the nexus point um, for, like, all of, like, the, the ley lines on the planet or whatever. So they have, like, really powerful spellcasters. Uh, Aquaman's, like, Aqualad um, eventually kind of graduates to Tempest in the same way Robin graduates to Nightwing. And he becomes an insanely powerful sorcerer. Um, and so what I think they might do is kind of just say, like, oh, the hydrokinesis is just, like, Mira. Is a is a strong sorcerer um, sort of thing, and that's why she can do it. That's okay. what they've done in Young Justice, for instance. Um, and this also follows kind of a blueprint that got laid out in a like an Aquaman centric uh, animated movie that they did. Okay, um, so so kind of launching off of this because I, I know I know Aquaman's a, a big favorite of yours, and I kind of he I, is my my very favorite superhero. Um, and. I kind of imagine some of those early scenes, like I like the scene where like he like pulls in the fucking uh, the 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 guy that's like being like that's dying on the ship and like yeah. throws back the whole bottle. I'm like I've literally seen there. I'm like I wonder I wonder how furiously Buddy is masturbating to this scene. Uh, <laughs> we were, we were, we were, we were watching. Funny. We were actually both happy to be watching the movie at about the same time. So it was uh, it, uh, but um, uh, what was it? Um, I felt like. He didn't have a lot to do. Like he, in general, he he seems to be kind of a domain specific superhero that kind of like gets little extra things uh, when he's like not in the ocean. That like to like make him kind of like a like a, a less kind of like restricted member of of the uh, of the Justice League. Um, and he felt really restricted in that final scene. And most of what he was was just like generic kind of like strong dude that like throws a pitchfork. Um, to use kind of Batman's uh, 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 derogative for for the for the Trident, um, like, it, do you think he was handled well in this movie? Uh, yeah, I think he was actually handled pretty well. Um, specific, so so I think the the reason that it feels that way with Aquaman is because he doesn't pair off with anybody, right? You kind of have the Flash and Cyborg pair off. 
Um, you have you have like a lot of these inter inter team connection like intra team connections, right? Wonder Woman and Diana. I'm sorry, Wonder Woman and Batman. Um, like have like have like a big connection, and then like Wonder Woman recruits Cyborg, and so she's kind of his like emotional anchor. You know, Batman is kind of the emotional anchor for like Barry Allen, and like um, Aquaman is very outside of that, right? And he doesn't get these same kind of relationships, and. I, 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 uh, like, I get that same sort of impression, but I also think that that's very true to character, if that makes sense. Um, because, like, that whole thing about him being an outsider and not true, like, he is half and half between, like, Atlantean and human, right? Um, and so he is kind of, like, this perpetual outsider, and it is, he doesn't ha have the same kind of connections on the team, even traditionally, um, that the other characters do, right? Like, in classic Justice League terms, he becomes really good friends with the Martian Manhunter. Um, they both have kids die. Like, the Martian Manhunter's whole family dies on Mars. Um, and there's this whole storyline, like, really big famous storyline, um, where Aquaman's baby son is killed by Black like Manta. Manta. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I wanted to mention that, too, because one of, one of the few things I've seen was there's, like, a, there's like a couple panels where, like, uh, Aquaman, I guess, comes back from being dead or something, and Black Manta's just, like, a normal dude, and then he hears it, and then he, like, murders everybody in, the in like, the shop he's working in, and, like, walks back into the sea. It's like, oh, ho, ho, guess it's time to ruin Aquaman's day again. Dude, I love Black Manta. The best part about Black Manta, and this is a specific Jeff Johns thing that I love, the reason Black Manta hates Aquaman is because Aquaman killed his dad. Aquaman was kind of a douche a little bit. Like, a part of, part of like, what fuels him is, like, this, uh, this kind of, like regret at being like an angsty teenager i guess in, in in a certain way um and uh and aquaman got really pissed with uh with black manta's dad and kills him with a trident and so it's kind of like the opposite of bruce wayne in, in like like he kind of turns black manta into batman mm. from like the opposite perspective right. and you know and and so and part of it and like part of his stuff is about like making amends for that kind of thing but um, anyway, that's kind of that's kind of secondary. So I think that Aquaman works in the movie because like that being an outsider, not like explicitly not making strong connections with the team, um, is is pretty true to is pretty true to form. Also, the kind of like rock star having fun in the fight aspect of it is also pretty true to form. Um, something that, that Aquaman gets compared to a lot is kind of like Clint Eastwood. Um, he was actually, Clint Eastwood was actually, like, the visual reference for Aquaman for a while, where, like, the artists were, like, that was one of the things that you used to draw, like, that was, like, your, 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 right, right, you know, uh, that was who you kind of based him off of, so, but, like, he is the kind of guy to, like, make one line, you know, to, like, to make one-liners, and he enjoys the idea of, like, being a badass and stuff like that, so I actually think that, all in all, like, the movie got Aquaman right, in fact, to be honest with you, I think the movie got basically all of these characters right, and I think that this is the thing that, like, saves it, you know, we've, we've spent 45 minutes, I mean, we always do this on these movie podcasts, talking about all the flaws or whatever, but I think that it really, at the end of the day, gets the heroes right, um, and it gets their interactions right, and it doesn't pull its punches right. In a way, I got the same. I felt the same way that I felt about Rogue One when Jin and um, 
whatever the other guy's name are arguing and like the movie doesn't let Jin have it easy. You know what I mean? Um, and actually kind of like fights back against her. It's, it was the same sort of thing where like fucking Batman throws Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman's face. Like that was just like, oh man, like, you know, I, I that felt that felt real. And I think that middle section of the movie is really when it is the strongest. Um, but uh, but it kind of has these like rocky, it kind of has like a rocky start and a really rocky and a really yeah. rocky end. So, so, so just kind of to, to round back to my, to my question about Aquaman, um, I get what you're saying, and that sounds really like the, the, that he, he he seems really true to form. But what I meant was, um, I guess more specifically, is in that big end fight scene, right? Like everybody kind of has their thing, right? Like, you know, Wonder Woman has like her ability to clap her braces together and has like all of her traditional tools. Oh, right, tools. right, 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 right. Um, and Aquaman kind of literally seems like a fish out of water, and all he is is like a dude with a trident. Um, and like, is there something you like that you would have liked to like a tool that he has that you would have liked to have seen him given or like? Uh, something kind of in in that vein. So the big thing that I that I wish they did with Aquaman is that they allowed him to cut. Kind of, so uh, so outside of a couple of instances, I think the action in this in this movie was really bad, which is really unfortunate because I think the action in Man of Steel and BVS is some of the best superhero action ever. Right, uh, Man of Steel is probably I think the best superhero action to be committed to film. Um, and I think that it is mostly a failing of that than it is anything specific to Aquaman. Like, for instance, I think that if you just, like, restructure that fight scene so that Aquaman is facing off 1v1 against Steppenwolf with the trident blocking the kind of, like, blocking the accent or whatever, and you kind of get a feel for his, like, martial mastery. Because a lot like Wonder Woman, right? Like, he is a trained Atlantean warrior who knows how to use this trident. And there are, also, like, brief flashes of it, Right. Um, where he is doing kind of cool stuff with it. But it just, like, it just really wasn't there. I think that's kind of how you solve it. Otherwise, um, like, for instance, in the same comic where Parademons invade Earth and the Justice League is formed, um, they are fighting in Gotham, right? And in Gotham Harbor, uh, Aquaman uses sharks to, like, defeat a bunch of parademons and shit, right? Like, he's the guy on parademon killing duty because he can summon an army of his own, but because they chose to do this thing in fucking, like, Russia, right? Landlocked Russia. Yeah. Um, they really didn't have a... They really didn't have a choice. Well, um, like, the area's landlocked, but Ru Russia is not landlocked. No, okay, you, sure, sure. I just mean yeah, an yeah. area in, in Russia yeah, yeah, without yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they didn't have the option of giving him something, like, really cool to... Uh, really cool to accomplish. Yeah, they could have. I I don't know. This popped in my head. It, it was it's supposed to be like a Chernobyl uh, esque place, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. They could they could have had him like fucking around with like the <laughs> the nuclear reactor water. It's like here. Oh my god. <laughs> um, oh my god. <laughs> getting uh, like getting like getting like uh, what's that fish from the Simpsons? Blinky. Getting like mutated fish from the local lake or whatever to like attack yeah. Stephen. Or or if they, or if they wanted to do, it, they could have put him on like civilian duties, like help hold back like the radioactive water from like or so whatever. That's not important. Um, uh, what just question for you? Um. What are the traditional powers of that trident? Because it seems like they, they try and make it into kind of a big deal in in the movie. Um, uh, you know, so there's a cup. It's it is um uh, it is a so it's the trident of Neptune, right? Um, 
I don't know that it has specific powers itself. It has. It, it is part of this cache of treasures called the Seven Ancient Treasures of Atlantis. Uh, in fact, for a while in Aquaman's like past, um, he worked with a team where each of them had a different one of these like ancient Atlantean treasures. Uh, this trident. Okay, yeah. So I'm reading online. This trident has no supernatural powers or mystical abilities other than being a symbol of Atlantean royalty, uh, giving the user unrestricted right and lordship over the various oceans of the world. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, cause it like it seemed like it wanted like that water deflecting power to be a thing that was from the trident and not from yeah. uh, not from him himself. So I, I I feel like they're gonna go into that a little bit more, like like what 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 the what the trident actually is. I think this kind of actually wraps into one of the things that I think was one of the more fundamental problems with the movie is they tried to do too much with it. Um, like they tried to do too many things. Um, because they introduced three new characters. Um, they tried to give all of them an arc, um, and didn't serve any, and like also tried to give the three existing characters an arc and didn't serve any of them well enough. Um, it also felt kind of like, um, what something that I thought BVS pulled off better is that really Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman are the main characters and, and Aquaman, uh, Flash and Cyborg are kind of secondary, uh, which is fine, but because you're trying to establish those three characters in this movie as well, it, it feels kind of weirdly uh, skewed. Um, and I think this feeds back into my thing about like why I thought that Aquaman was a little bit underserved in this movie is at least uh, the flash and cyborg get paired off. Um, yeah. Uh, in, in this, in this case, and they, they get their, their moments and they get that, that honestly it's like what essentially is the same kind of like hand uh, like the, like the, the bro fish joke that happens in Thor, except a worse version of it. Oh, um, we're, I loved that. I thought that was uh, so funny. Uh, uh, I, I see, like, that was a very real, that was a very real oh, joke, I felt like. I, I thought it was an all right joke. I just couldn't help but compare it to the um, Thor bro fists into, uh, into Banner's uh, high five. Um, and I thought that was a better version of what was essentially the same joke. I, I think, I think... I think, honestly, a lot of the weakness of Justice League is going to be the fact that it's directly up against Thor, and Thor is, is a better movie. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I said this in I said this in right. Facebook chat. Uh, Justice League is kind of by virtue of the other... By ha We've had a very good year for superhero movies that it's just the worst superhero movie this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, like... You know, like, like for instance, if this were last year, it would have things like Suicide Squad that it's obviously better than. Right. Um, or like X-Men Apocalypse. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you'd dispute that. Uh, that that it's obviously better than. Um, but like, uh, or like the year before the Fantastic Four movie, right? Like, it is not, it is not by any measure, I feel like, a an explicitly bad superhero movie in the same way that those movies felt to me explicitly bad. Um. But uh, it just happens to be in a year where everything else is just really, really strong. Um, you know, like, even, you know, like, I would even say that Thor Ragnarok, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, right? Like, these are above average for even Marvel movies. Like, I made the comparison that I feel like Justice League is a lot like the first, um, uh, like, the first two Thor movies. Uh, it's a lot like Captain America, the first Avenger for me. You know what I mean? Um, where it is kind of... Right, it's got some flaws, but kind of gets across the finish line, um, you know, in in intact. Right, uh, it doesn't it doesn't fall apart before its ability to at least kind of cross into 
worthwhile territory. Um, but it doesn't go any further than that in a year where all of the movies go much further, when all of the other movies go much further than that. Yeah, I I I, I feel that. Um, I also think can I? So I want to talk a little bit about Steppenwolf because go for Steppenwolf. It. Um, Steppenwolf is getting a lot of hate. Uh, in fact, somebody said that somebody tweeted this out that like Steppenwolf is the worst comic book villain of all time. Malekith the Accursed from from Thor two. Uh, is not even close. Uh, and Joss Whedon liked that tweet. And then all of these, like, rampant, like, ra- ravaging DC fanboys got, through, like, yelled at him about it. Everybody <laughs> unliked the tweet. Um, so I'm actually really frustrated with Steppenwolf because I think Steppenwolf, it, it, like, like other things in this movie, I think it is on the cusp of being good. And you just need to do something so small to make him a good villain, uh, which is take get rid of him as a voice actor uh get rid of his voice actor and don't have him say any words um you book into the movie with dark side on either side um and just have him be doing stuff and he literally doesn't say a single thing to any of the heroes the reason why i think this works um is because like it's they they, they make a like a big mythic kind of play um for dark side and for steppenwolf as these kind of ultimate arbiters of evil but i think if you actually look at um certain characters that fit that bill they are actually not characters the easy example here is in lord of the rings sauron is not a character right he doesn't have motivation other than like dominating everyone he doesn't say anything over the course of those movies he is just like a, a deeply malevolent presence that is going to you know irrevocably destroy the world that the protagonists know but the but the story is focused on them like the the characters are all them and their team doing their thing even sauron's like side characters outside of like uh, you know like saruman and like grima worm tongue kind of um like the ring race uh the you know like the orcs right like they don't even get characters really and i think that you wanted to do the same thing with steppenwolf right just turn him into like um uh like a force of evil not a not a character that is just running around doing things not explaining himself not talking or taunting the heroes definitely not defeated by the fucking parademons that was so dumb um and as just kind of like an unstoppable force that they that, that like that is more a puzzle the heroes need to figure out more than it is a character in the same way that like um, uh, you know Lex Luthor or General Zod were kind of characters. Doomsday, I mean Doomsday is a very obvious version of this, right? He doesn't say a fucking word, um, and uh, but he's still like a strong enough you know antagonist to propel. Uh, essentially the last bit of that movie sort of thing. And I think you want to do the same thing with Steppenwolf. And that's what I think the big failing with Steppenwolf is. It's not that, like, you know, people are talking about his character motivation and he they don't understand who Steppenwolf is or why he's doing what he's doing. The reason that people are getting that misinterpretation, I think, is because they, did, they had Steppenwolf talk and say things to people, right, when he just shouldn't. He just shouldn't yeah, do yeah. that. Um, so that's my that's my rant about Steppenwolf. That's, that's how I feel about... That's how I feel about Steppenwolf. Um, is Steppenwolf uh, a good character in the comics? Because I've never uh, yeah, heard so of him before. In the comics, uh, so he's like Darkseid's like uncle, I want to say. And in the comics, he fits this kind of like vanguard role. And he's much more of a character in the comics. But also in the comics, like you have the 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 basis of the new gods and who Darkseid is and who the new gods are 
to kind of uh, step like as it's like a it's like a pedestal to step on, if that makes sense. Um, so that's it's it's different, I guess. It's yeah, it's just yeah, different. Yeah. I will say though. Uh, so a couple of things um, about the movie, like Warner Brothers said, it has to be two hours or less. Right, like they imposed a hard cap, uh, basically from the top of the company, apparently. Um, and I'm really hoping that we do get like an extended edition sort of thing. Uh, but I think that they cut Darkseid out for a great reason, and that reason is I think they want to get away from the way that Marvel are making these movies, um, and because Marvel is obviously going to beat DC to the punch um, with. Uh, Thanos next year um, it, it makes a lot of sense for them to kind of abandon the dark side aspect of things um, and move in a different direction uh, and you stayed for both credit after credits yeah, right? yeah okay the, the second one where Slade goes on to like Lex Luthor's ship and Lex Luthor is like, <laughs> should, you know, like shouldn't we have like a league of our own I went apeshit for that because I think it is the smartest thing. I, I did really just didn't expect... I just really didn't expect this kind of a move. But it is so fucking smart like that they want to do this. Um, mostly because I think it gets away from... Uh, I think it gets away from kind of being like Marvel copycats. Um, but more importantly, it's, it is, um, it's something that has yet to be done in the context of these superhero movies, right? It's kind of like the reverse Avengers. Um, if they execute it the way that I think they are, which is, you know, over the next couple of months, we're going to have, um, you know, or, or over the next couple of years, we're going to have uh, a few more movies, right? We're going to have uh, Suicide Squad 2, um, which I can talk a little bit about because some neat reporting got dropped on that. Um, uh, we're going to have the Shazam movie is coming in 2019. Aquaman obviously has Black Manta and maybe Ocean Master uh, or maybe Ocean Master, maybe Black Manta. We don't really know who we know. They're both cast, but we don't know who's the actual villain. Um, and um, and so it's like I, I think what they're doing and what I hope that they're doing is that they're taking all of the villains from these movies and joining them together into the Injustice League in the same way that the the characters from the original slate of Marvel movies get grouped together into the Avengers, um, which I just think is so cool because like we haven't seen like a villain team up like that. And it is such an awesome iconic thing, you know, like yeah. um, to, to see like a big group of heroes go up against a big group of villains. It's also something that is kind of uniquely in like the DC space. Marvel doesn't do a lot of that. I mean, like there's some instances of it, like the sinister six, um, for instance, is like a big uh, team up of Spider-Man's villains fighting against Spider-Man. Um, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, you know, obviously uh, is kind of like a, like a like an evil team. But there's not that same kind of like, um, you know, Sinestro and Lex Luthor and Black Manta, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Legion of Doom of it, right? I think that is so cool. Oh my god, I think it's so cool. No, and I'm really excited to see uh, what what they do with it. Not only that, but in terms of the movies, Marvel has killed every one of its villains. And so, like, they don't even have the opportunity to kind of, like, get that build up. Yeah, uh, yeah, except exactly. For, except for, I guess, Loki. Um, but, you know, Loki's gonna Loki. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, 
Um, yeah, the, the the hot scoop about Suicide Squad 2, which I'm actually unreasonably hyped for since I heard this scoop, uh, is that Suicide Squad 2 is about uh, Black Adam, uh, okay. who is The Rock, where they're going to send, um, they're going to send, like, the, you know, the Suicide Squad is like a branch of the U.S. government, um, kind of like an evil Avengers or whatever, and they're going to send, uh, and in the comics, Black Adam um, is like an ancient Egyptian prince who comes back and rules a fictional Middle Eastern nation called Kondok, and is kind of like, he's he's definitely like a dictator, but he's a little bit of a dictator in the vein of like Doctor Doom, where he's like a dictator and he's a ruler of a sovereign nation, but also the nation likes him, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and so I hope that it's going to be kind of like a Middle East interventionist fuck it, like fuck up, kind of movie about sending the Suicide Squad to go, like, fuck on Black Adam. Uh, but, like, Black Adam, you know, like, Black Adam on the fucking Injustice League? Oh, that's so cool. Like, uh, so, I, like, I walked out, I was, I was at the end of Justice League, I was like, you know what, like, maybe by a hair, I am not disappointed with this movie. Um, but it is also something that I am, I am not going to rave about and meme myself into oblivion like with Batman versus Superman. Um, but then that post credit scene, I was like, oh my fucking God! Like, I just free- I flipped out, dude. Um, so the only thing I have to say about the post credit scene is uh, I don't like bald Jesse Eisenberg. I think that's a bad move for them to go with. Like, I guess oh, really? they're trying to make him into more Lex Luthor. Um, but I kind of liked that he was supposed to not be Lex. He was supposed to be his, his son, right? Like Alex Jr. or whatever the character is. Um, I just don't think... Jesse Eisenberg has the right body for Lex for for a bald Lex Luthor. Um I I think he looks frankly ridiculous. Uh <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm interested to see where they go. Jeff Johns has basically said that Batman vs. Superman is the Lex Luthor origin story, right? Like the Lex Luthor that we know from the comics was born at the end of Batman vs. Superman. Okay. Well Um and, and Jeff Johns is a guy who it's it's great, like it's re- it's really cool that he is like the producer, like heading up these films because you have so much of his work to draw on and to kind of see. Well, like this is how Jeff Johns looks at these characters. Um, he actually had Lex Luthor join the Justice League for a while in a, in an in, incredibly well done thi- like arc where like Lex Luthor becomes Superman. Um, it, it was insanely cool. And so and so I trust him to kind of like handle like Lex well and I think that they will uh, uh, I think that they will get that you know like get that across the finish line. Um, I hope I hope that they will get that across the finish yeah. line. God, that's such a fucking cool idea, dude. The Injustice no. League is awesome. Yeah, and, and like I'm I'm okay with Lex Luthor being like whoever Lex Luthor is. I just I just don't like just like him being bald cuz like yeah. Like, it, it, I just think it looks stupid on Jesse Eisenberg. And I won't be able to, like, I won't be able to watch that movie without being like, oh, my God, Jesse Eisenberg looks so stupid um, with being bald. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's, uh, uh, I guess that'll serve as our final word on, on uh, Justice League. Uh, unless uh, unless you want to say anything else. Uh, unless I want to say anything else. I don't. I do not. I do not want to say anything else, I guess. Um, All right. Well, then let's uh, move into our our, our weeks a little bit. Uh, I think something that we kind of uh, 
should talk about since we since we talked about this a little like we, we had an episode about this uh mm. is, is is the battlefront uh two thing what i'll uh what i'll say up front is if all of our worst fears come true uh about uh star wars uh episode uh episode eight um at least it won't be the worst star wars related news to happen this year um because uh as people at home might not have known is uh battlefront 2 came out um i think i think it actually only just officially came out um and that this was like the ea access uh early access bit that happened um too much uh anger over the fact that darth vader is locked from the beginning required 40 hours of grinding to unlock for free um and would cost approximately 260 dollars in random loot boxes if you didn't random into him uh, to, to, to gather the amount of kind of like uh, premium currency that you needed to uh, to buy him outright. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, that would be that. Uh, and this caused a big dust up. Um, somebody made a post on Reddit. EA responded with a, I don't want to call it condescending. It's very much like somebody, some PR guy trying to salvage, uh, uh, trying to salvage uh, what's obviously a bad reaction. Uh, and I, I'm going to read it out loud here. Uh, just give me a second for it to load up. Uh, uh, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. Uh, as for cost, we selected the initial values based on data from the opening beta and other adjustment milestones before launch. Among other things, we're looking in, at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis, making constant choices. Um, and basically a, a little bit of stuff about this. Um, it becomes the most downvoted post in Reddit history at right now at negative 676,000 downvotes. Did you, did you, did, are you one of those downvotes, Mango? Um, at this point I am. Uh, okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, also gets, uh, 86 golds, um, which I assume <laughs> oh is like a, a, a troll, a, a trolling. Um, my understanding of this is the reason you gold posts that you hate is, um, uh, one of the benefits of gold is when you tag them in a post, they get a notification for it. So by giving them gold, you control them so that every time someone posts something about like, man, I hate you underscore, you know, slash you slash EA community team, they'll get a reminder of how much people hate them. Um, uh, this is actually, I don't think the peak badness, I think it was at negative six, seven, eight thousand uh, points. I think if I had to guess, this is a move to try and get them at negative six, six, six. Um, but you know, that's, 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 uh, that's advanced Redditology. Um, but at negative six, seven, six, it is far and above beyond the most downvoted posts, like uh, by an order of magnitude. Um, right. uh, and, uh, as a result, um, EA has first, they, they backed off the points by 75%. Uh, this came along with also reducing the, there's a unique loot box you get for getting the campaign, uh, that gives you a large amount of points. And that was also reduced 75%, which Got people aggravated as kind of like, uh, you know, like, oh, they say they're doing this, but they're also reducing the rewards. Um, although I do think they didn't release uh, reduce the base awards um, so that that 40 hours is cut to 10 hours, which is still a long time, but I think more reasonable. And then the bigger bombshell is that they have disabled uh, the kind of real money version of this uh, stuff entirely for the time being. They say they'll bring it back. We just got a lot of people being like, they're, they're just waiting for this to blow over before they bring it back full force. Um but, you know, this is obviously a, a big thing. We talked a little bit about microtransactions and uh, boxes and whatnot. And I, I want to kind of get your perspective on this. Since you've been historically less hard against uh, pay-to-win type things than I have. Or, like, I've been more forgiving of it um, right. based on degree. 
Uh, yeah, there's no way this is forgivable. Uh, you know, I am I am absolutely on board with basically everyone um, that says uh, that this is pay to win. Like, for instance, one of the things, like, I don't mind the kind of quote unquote pay to win aspects in something like Payday uh, because they are so minor comparatively, right? Um, you don't get like the, the, the meat of that gameplay is kind of like the guns and the talent trees and everything like that. And you don't get talent trees through loot boxes. You don't get guns through loot boxes. You get small stat increases to guns, right? You get these like small boosts or whatever, um, with the loot boxes, which is the only way that the loot boxes influence someone's gameplay, right? You can also earn, you like, you, they also have a system to earn loot boxes through, you know, like, through gameplay. And they have an independent system that allows you to earn those boosts through gameplay as well. So there's, like, there's no argument in my mind that, like, okay, sure, there is, like, a, fra you know, like, a fraction of a percent of pay to win in kind of the, the loot boxes for, um, uh, the loot boxes for payday, right? But that is, it's well within the margin that I, that I'm, that I'm fine with it, right? That I don't, that I don't mind it at all. Hell, I've bought plenty of loot boxes, right? Uh, well, you like, you technically buy keys because you get the boxes and then you need to get the keys to unlock them, whatever. Um, so that, so that kind of thing doesn't bug me. The star cards though, uh, the, and like the weapon loadouts and like the characters and stuff like this, like, man, like what a fucking clusterfuck. First of all, the game is $60, right? Uh, it is a full priced game on release. And then it has kind of, as far as I can tell, a business, uh, a business model. That's a lot like league where you're earning points to unlock champions or whatever, but fucking league of legends is free and they have a free rotation of champions. Right. So like I, and you don't have to go through loot box bullshit to get the champions that you want to get. You know, I, so like, it just seems, it just seems insane. This just seems incredibly insane to me. Um, something that I've been doing recently, uh, I've played three of these so far, are these kind of like, you play them, um, mobile games, Ooh, excuse me, uh, Star Wars Heroes, DC Heroes, and like Marvel, I don't remember what it's called, like Future Fight or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're supposed to be tactical RPGs, but they're really not. Um, and they're, they are games that are incredibly price gougy, uh, and they have this exact same... Uh, model and it's incredibly predatory um and i started playing them because it was like offhandedly mentioned in like a gymquisition and i kind of wanted to get like i wanted to see for myself what they were like but it really just seems like that sort of thing right it is a game for whales and no one else uh it seems um which is just an awful awful way to uh to do things uh which sucks i mean like i'm a huge fan of star wars battlefront uh, i played the original star wars battlefront 2 for like you know, it was one of the big, first big online games I got into. It was like that in StarCraft, you know, and we used to play on these like hacked together servers, um, like private servers uh, that supported more people. Like the default gameplay was like, you can only do like 6v6 or like 8v8 or something. Um, but if you did it on a hacked server, um, you could connect like 32 versus 32. And like, there were like clan fights. Um, Cause I was, I was in a clan mango on, yeah. on, on X fire. This is, this is in like 2004. <laughs> four or like five um uh and like and so i really love battlefront 2 man if uh, there was a good battlefront game i would fucking enjoy playing it i'm sure uh but you can't put in a system like this and expect me to have fun i it's uh, I, yeah. uh, come on like 
I don't know. It's awful. Yeah. That said, um, I mean, we've argued about this uh, in the past over the couple of days, and I'm probably sensitive because I work on the community team at a AAA publisher, uh, but I do hate the people who say things like, oh, companies won't listen to you. Like, the only way to, you know, like, the only way to talk to a company is, like, hitting them in their wallets, right? Like, canceling your pre-order. It's the only thing that'll make them listen um, because... I know for a fact that that is not the only way to make, you know, like to yeah. make I mean, companies I, listen. And so I, I think that is something that, that goes along with it, though. Right. Like, I, I do think that there there's something to be said for for doing community level stuff. But I, I do think a, a big part of that is also like putting effectively your literally almost your money where your mouth is and, and refusing to buy the product does send. Uh, a stronger signal in conjunction than either one alone. Um, the the eff efficacy of either one individually, um, kind of notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my I, like my big gripe is with people who are kind of tr saying, essentially, that people who are mad about it should shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. No, you know I'm, what I mean? Like, there's this like. I mean, I'm specifically referencing someone you know. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, shame yeah, them yeah, on yeah, the yeah. cast. But, like, this idea that, like, oh, well, you know, like, they should just shut the hell up and not buy the game or whatever. It's like, no, you no, – that's well, not how it works. Yeah, all, all the, complaining as well is, 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 is fine and probably good. Yeah. Um, yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, did we – um? Uh, did I have anything else to add to this? Um, I, Just, just to kind of, like uh, – just kind of, like, add some fuel to this fire as well – um, is like even though I disagree with you on on as to like the the degree of like what like paying for boost is acceptable or not. Um, I also would like to point out that there's a difference between a game that's primarily PVE, which is what payday is, and a game that's primarily PvP. Um, yeah, there's still that level of like you know leaderboards or whatever, but that's not as much as kind of like beating another player because you spent money on the game, which yeah, is, yeah. I, I, th I think, a, a worse experience, even though I'm See, not... See, from my perspective, like, you know, like, I try and find... I, I, you know, I try and find the nuance to a lot of this stuff. And from my perspective, right, it's very easy to say in, a, in like, a PvE system like this, um, I just want to let you know that my computer just beeped at me and was like, how likely are you to recommend Windows 10 to a friend or colleague? Like... The fuck, Microsoft? Yeah, no, I got the, <laughs> I got the same one in the middle of this. I'm like, I'm glad that I record off of things, and so it won't show up in the recording. <laughs> um, but so for you know for a pay, for a PVE system, if someone is paying to win, quote unquote, they are helping you, right? Because they are they are paying to help you get ahead. It's a, sure. It's a fundamentally cooperative experience, right? But in a fundamentally competitive experience, like look, I would say that it is 1% valuable to have boosts, right, for your guns in payday, right? Because the the value of the boosts are so small um, that it just, like, it just, it doesn't affect, you know, it just doesn't affect gameplay that much, right? It, it's like saying in World of Warcraft, right, like, that you could buy, like, a special enchant that increased your strength or what, you know, like, whatever, by, like, by 100, you know? What is that a lot? No. Strength values are like on a single piece of gear it's going to have 5000 strength on it or whatever, right? But like, you know, in a in a in a PvE environment maybe that maybe that 100 strength is going to give you the competitive edge kind of thing, right? It's really small um but like maybe you know like maybe it matters. And so like that's kind of how I look at it in Payday, right? The the boost itself is just like so fucking small that it just I can't I, I, I just can't say that that is enough for me to, to condemn the system, right? Um, but I really, even that level of mine, like minor, minor, minor upgrade 
if that were in a, a fundamentally competitive game, I it's pay to win. You know what I mean? You just yeah. can't have this. It, it is anathema. There is no way that you can put anything in there um, without uh, without ruining the game because it's uh, the game needs to be a fair experience. Um, and as long as there, I mean, even if it is just like one integer on one stat, you know what I mean? Like it's just anything like that makes the game unfair completely kills the competitive aspect of it um which is you know a huge shame when it comes to, to battlefront yeah no I, I i agree and i agree entirely and you have you have you know said what i what i feel with with a lot of passion so i'm not going to take away from that by by ranting myself but i agree entirely um and i i i think that i think that this is this disappoints me too, because I, I also have fond memories of Battlefront. I used to play with my brother a lot, one v one, which obviously isn't as isn't as fun as, as these big big things. But like that that that's me playing on the Xbox with my brother in like the back room, just the two of us being like, hey, 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 I'm uh I'm you know I'm Darth Maul versus like Han Solo or whatever is a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, especially the heroes mode. I love that that fucking mode. Um, uh, and it is, it is a shame that that this that this game's kind of fallen prey to a lot of these things. Um, the optimist in me hopes that maybe they'll come back and they'll they'll understand. Maybe maybe EA won't fuck it up, and <laughs> and they'll be like, okay, only cosmetics in the loot boxes. Everything else is kind of a dream phase. Which I also think I'm also don't think that's a great design decision to like have like raw upgrades on like achievements. I also um, think that's a bad design decision. Um, but I think I think one hundred percent agree with you that that's not good. Um, I think it's less bad. Um, I think it kind of falls into kind of like runes system for league which i'm not a fan of either but like you know at some level you can expect a, a a dedicated enough player to have everything um again not great but less bad and i think in in the realm of acceptable like in the realm of a system i'm willing to deal with um uh it just seems like it's bringing the the most predatory aspect excuse oh. me of of mobile games uh to oh you know, i triple a releases which is so frustrating i completely agree with you but having these star cards linked to in-game achievements i think is 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 okay right because that's not a real money thing it's still not a great design decision i think i think it still kills some of the competitive aspect of it but but making it so that you don't have to pay for it i think uh pulls out the biggest problems with it right um uh i also uh, i don't know I, I think that's uh I think that's all I gotta say about that. Uh, do you have anything to say about like what you've been playing this week? Um, you know, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft this week. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about WoW. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about WoW Classic. Um, uh, okay, which we yeah. did. We have. Um, but you know, so in the past, you and I have both had this. This um, well, okay. So spe what's specifically drawing me to it is I I've been listening to the Robot Congress podcast. Um, uh, with Ryan Morrison, right, and um, uh, and like what whoever his co-hosts are, I don't even care. Um, Two Ryan. And Ryan Morrison essentially said that like w after the WoW Classic announcement, he is excited to be right, quote unquote, um, about the uh, about people only being fueled to play these uh, like like play vanilla WoW for for a nostalgia that it is not a good game. Um, and that uh, and that he's excited to be right when you know they like they actually release 
uh, when they actually release WoW Classic. In conjunction with this, there's been a lot of discussion, mostly on like the WoW subreddit, but also in kind of like other places, um, about um, whether or not, or to what extent, WoW Classic should... Um, uh, WoW, WoW, WoW Classic should like re should like update itself and like remaster itself um so for instance people are saying uh people are talking about the updated models right in warlords of draenor um you know like orcs and torn and everything all of those models got updated um so that they are uh kind of more in keeping with graphical fidelity of you know the 2010s uh rather than the 2000 right you know the the what the, the early 2000s or whatever um but like you know, and and anytime you seem to mention any of this, right? People are talking about like, oh well, you know, like I would love to play WoW Classic, but the old classes were designed pretty poorly, right? They were based off of bad design principles, essentially that were inherited off of EverQuest and that slowly kind of got um, pulled out over over time, right? Um, and then this has cascaded to people kind of opening up the, you know, like people kind of opening up the question of like. <clears throat> what aspects of of WoW Classic are essential to that vanilla experience, right? Like, insofar as we can make WoW Classic a different game than, than Legion or Battle for Azeroth, right? But still a good game. What are the changes that need to be made in order to in order to kind of achieve that? Now, I've actually been asking this question to a lot of different people. I've asked it to a couple of people on Twitter. Um, I've mentioned it on Reddit a couple of times. Uh, we've talked about it pretty extensively um, in the guild Discord and everything. And I just was interested in your thoughts, right? Like, as someone who played at least a little bit of Vanilla WoW and at least a little bit of, you know, current WoW and other MMOs, right? If you were immediate, you are now the design director of WoW Classic, are there design decisions that you make? Do you just remake the vanilla server, right? Do you say, right, you know, like what 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 changes would you make given that given that position? Um, if so, th this is like if I wanted to make the game good and not like I don't I'm I I am very much of the opinion that this is that that this is a thing that people like as much as I like like making fun of what's his name for saying this is something you think you want but you don't. Um, I kind of agree with that statement fundamentally. So. Um, if I wanted to make vanilla a good game experience, um, I'd basically get like I I it would be vanilla and kind of like name and content only. I'd keep as much of the modern stuff in there as possible. Um, and I get that people want like oh I want the experience of standing in fucking Stormwind for four hours looking for a dungeon group. Um, I don't think you actually like you know I get that that's part of the experience. But I also think it's a fundamentally bad thing. So, like, that that's that's kind of, like, a, a hard line to, to press because, like, I think there are things that are fundamental to the experience that are bad um, that, you know, if I wanted to recreate that experience truly, I would include, but I ultimately think are poor decisions. Um, so, I I think that's, a, that's, a, that's kind of a, a hard line to draw. Um uh, and 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 I, if you want more detail, I guess, I guess kind of like put some more parameters in there for me, so I so I I'd uh... so 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 to be clear, you would say that like that essentially they should just remake vanilla as it is, not not change anything about the game and just let it go because that's you know at the end of the day, you know at the end of the day that's what people want. Is that is that your position? I guess. Um, I I think that's like well. So first of all, from a real realistic point of view. I think that that's what they're going to do because, like, 
it's a lot of work to port a lot of these systems backwards into the into the game, and I think this is only succeeding on basically the idea that they can take an old build and throw it into the wild and like have it work with their modern server. They, well, they, so they basically said that the only reason that they went forward with the idea is because someone like on the team discovered some tech that allowed them to do it. Right. Um, so hypothetically, that's actually pretty like pretty accurate. Right. Um, but like from like a like from a from the point of view where I want to. I want to give the vanilla experience to someone else, which I think is a poor experience. I think that's what you do. I think from the, I want to make this game as good as possible. Um, that's me saying that we should backport as many features as possible. But that's because I fundamentally think that the vanilla wow experience was, was like, is, is a poor thing. And that's not a thing that people actually want. Okay. Um, so, so for instance though, um, so you don't think that like running to like, you think that the dungeon finder is a better version of like running to to dungeons or, like, um summoning stones or whatever all things considered yes Interesting. right like from from this kind of like uh to like this 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 you know people are going to spend two weeks in it and be like oh that was neat and then never go back i think you shouldn't have i think you should have running to dungeons in while vanilla wants to be a vibrant and continuing community i think it should I think I think the old like they kind of like zone like like drill in on, um, on the running dungeons thing as a specific mechanic, and maybe we can generalize this out. Um, I think that that experience of running to the dungeon and having to gather a party is valuable for the first time you run that dungeon. I think it is stupid and not worth it for the thirteenth time you've run the dungeon. Interesting. Uh, and the and so I think like you know if you want to have your cake and eat it. I think that the like the kind of right way to do this overall is the first time you do a dungeon, you have to like run into the dungeon, and I, I understand that that's like complicated and not worth the overhead to do, but in terms of like a you know pie in the sky experience, I think running to the dungeon the first time's probably the right way to do it, and uh, and then doing dungeon finder after that is better because there's there's a level of you have to grind the dungeons in order to to, to, to do them that I think is uh, that I think is uh, best handled by the the dungeon finder system um but i get the appeal of running to the dungeon uh as kind of like a, a first line of uh defense type deal okay um yeah so the you know they have said that they're not going to import the dungeon finder into wow classic and i actually do agree with this decision for a specific reason uh that they that that has been argued i guess and i find this argument kind of compelling which is that like on old vanilla servers you had a reputation you know what i mean like and this is something that I found very true when I was playing Vanilla, and then later when I was playing Wrath, like, late in Wrath, they introduced the Dungeon Finder, but before that, um, when you had to, like, use the looking for group channel or whatever, um, you know, you found, it, it, there was more of a community on the server, because you had to enter, you know, like, you weren't just grouped with randos automatically, you had to, like, find a group, or start a group, and you had to, and you knew, oh, this person is good, or, like, this person is bad. Right. And like, this is how, you know, you invite people. And so I, I, I get it from like, like that community standpoint. I think that the dungeon finder, um, kind of, uh, like I, I like, I understand why people wouldn't want to do the dungeon finder and why it would make sense, uh, not to, um, 
not to to incorporate the dungeon finder and i also get it you know like people also talk about um you know like a big one is like mounts right like the, your first mount uh is only the 60 percent move increase and you need 100 gold which is a lot of gold for a low character to earn uh in order to afford it you know um getting a uh uh getting a, a high level mount is 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 very hard and very difficult um, it costs a ton of money and it only gets you an extra 40% move speed. Um, you know, I, I think those kinds of changes are also kind of very integral. Like, I don't know, like, I think, I think the world feels more immersive when you're running across it, um, uh, at slower speeds because you're more likely to drop, um, from the mount, uh, and, and do stuff like picking herbs or whatever, like mining, you know, like mining minerals. So like, I definitely understand those, those aspects to it. And I think that those things do need to be preserved. However, I'm not on board with the kind of like the old talent trees. Like people have talked about how, um, you know, basically any spec that could heal was just a healer. Any spec that could tank was just a tank. You know, any spec that wasn't either of those two things was a DPS, and we didn't have, like, modern notions of, like, rotations or anything along those lines. Uh, I think that the game would be much better served um, with some of those things edited out. Uh, and we went back and, you know, redid talent trees um, and kind of abilities for people so that there is more, um, uh, I guess, kind of, like, I don't want to say kind of, like, more, more, just, like, more equality, I guess. Um, while also preserving as much of that experience as, as, as possible. Yeah. Um, I see your point. Um, I think, I, I think ultimately, uh, I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't necessarily uh, agree with all of it. I think that like the, the kind of like needing a large amount of gold to get those initial amounts was kind of just annoying. Um, like, I remember going through that at the time and like never having nearly enough money and basically having to get money off of my friends who already had max level characters in order to get it. And right. like, I get that that's like supposed to be like uh, an, an achievement of sorts, but like it, it doesn't feel like it when like there's so many people in the world who just have access to it through, through non like other means, like either their guild funded it for them or like, you know, that it's an all. So they, they had access to it. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I get those things. I also think that kind of like, again, from a realistic standpoint, I don't think you're going to get the modern talent trees um, in the game just because that's going to be work that the team's not going to be willing to do. So, um, I, so I don't think it's, it's about modern talent trees. Um, like, for instance, I actually think that the old version of getting like individual talent points, um, even though like they have moved on from that because there are some flaws with that system, um, I actually think that that's something that they should preserve. Uh, I just think that they should balance out the trees a little bit better to make it so that, like, you know, there's a there's a good reason to play any other spec besides the one. Um, whereas in Vanilla WoW, everything was just kind of balanced around yeah. uh, um, the one. And, you know, that might be doable if, uh, if like, that's a lot of soft variable balancing that, like, the that, that's easy to access. But it's also a very old piece of text, so that might not be easy to... to yeah, I, that's true. I also don't have any idea what the what the um, you know they, like they've said that the only reason they're doing this is because they discovered something like about the tech that would make it pretty straightforward, and then now they're like hiring you know the the, the team to put it together kind yeah. of a thing. Um, 
And I'm actually, I'm very interested to see what happens because like, you know, part of me is expecting like a typical almost uh, like design and, and development cycle for WoW Classic, right? Like we might not get it for another two or three years yeah, yeah. Um, because they are doing stuff like this where they're like redesigning aspects of the game or, you know, kind of fusing old stuff and new stuff um, to, to, you know, to make it work. However, you know, however it does sort of thing. Uh, but I'm wondering if they're going to go kind of like the StarCraft remastered route where they kind of announce it and then they get people on the team and like six months later we have the game. Because at the end of the day, you're just trying to, you know, you're not really doing much design work or anything like that. You're just trying to figure out a way to get the game up in a modern environment for people. I, I have to imagine it's the latter. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah, we will. We will see. Um, they basically they haven't said anything definitively on it, which is what I find so interesting. I kind of feel like if they were just like it is just you know vanilla, don't ask us for changes kind of thing, um, they may have said something along those lines. Uh, but they just haven't. They just haven't said anything like that. The thing that they keep saying is we're early in the process and we haven't made any of those kinds of decisions yet. Um, which seems to suggest to me that they are at least open to it for now. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I am really, I'm just really interested, uh, by this. I'm just really interested by this idea. The last thing I want to mention, um, uh, which you may or may not know is that in the battle for Azeroth, uh, they are carrying the underlight angler forward. Ooh. So, yeah, <laughs> I was very excited to hear that. They did a Q&A recently um, where they were talking about, you know, like uh, at the end of, you know, like at the end of Legion, what ends up happening is like you pitch your um, artifact weapons uh, to do, you know, like you do something with your artifact weapons that destroys them. So we're kind of back to the, the original uh, weapons template sort of thing. Um, and uh, but then they said, like, it doesn't really make sense to like use a use a fishing pole for this. So we're probably just going to keep the underlight angler, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, um, I the only the only thing that I don't like as much about that um, is uh, is that uh, it, it kind of undercuts the uh, the 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 fishing derby uh, pole um, as kind of like oh, the premier yeah, yeah. fishing pole. That makes uh, sense. Uh, that sucks. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, at the same time, like I feel like they should really update that fishing pole. That, that, that Derby Fishing Calls, because for, mm -hmm. like, three or four expansions now, because that's the pinnacle of it, like, they couldn't have an, uh, a fishing pole that was better than it. Right. Um, and they respected that until this expansion. Um, and uh, what was my point about that going to be? Oh, and, uh, like, I would like to see that updated with each expansion so that they can do more interesting things with the fishing, the intermediate fishing poles. Um, and, you know... You can even reset that as like a, as like a thing for uh, for like you know fishers in each expansion to look forward to is like you know oh I've got a season three uh, you know uh, uh, fishing pole from from the from the uh, the fishing contest right um, uh, and you know I will always have that but like you know offer a new one with each expansion as, as a new thing that's that's the thing you could do as like a status symbol too right like you yeah. can, you can have deals anyway that's more rambling about like bullshit fishing in world of warcraft which is such a niche topic um uh but i i th i think that's that that'll be it for this episode unless you want to talk about anything else no no i'm I, i'm good thanks for thanks for uh uh letting letting me talk about justice league i guess yeah i mean <laughs> we'll be timely with this episode um next week we will probably be doing uh 
of ultimate wilderness ultimate right? wilderness yeah yeah uh, oh and we're also gonna have to figure out man dude these fucking star wars we have we have to do the double size episode which maybe it will be like the week after that who knows yeah um, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out um <laughs> uh, you don't have to worry about that listeners um but if you would like to, to email us with what you think about things including justice league wow fishing or uh or battlefront 2 you can email us at some derps play games at gmail.com um or uh, podcast at somedervsplaygames.com. Uh, you can follow us on twitch.tv slash somedervsplaygames. You can read us on iTunes and SoundCloud and all those places. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us. Um, and I think that's about it. Buddy, did you have anything else that you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. Um, uh, one last thing to promote uh, is our fine friends over at the Minute Podcast recently took my suggestion uh, for a scene from Neo Yokio. Um, and they do, as they always do, a hilarious job with it. So I would recommend that to everybody. Go check out the Minute Podcast. Um, it's by our friends uh, uh, Paul Ryberg and uh, John Ward. Um, I'll put a link to them in the description. Um, and uh, with that aside, uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.